Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Kia ora, everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, we'll be hearing from Annalise. Annalise owns Future Foodie, which I know a lot of you have used, and if you haven't, I encourage you to go and check them out on Instagram. Annalise shares the two birth stories of her beautiful baby girls, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Annalise. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, not a problem. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, sure. So um, I, myself and my husband, um, we run Future Foodie um, along with two other business partners, Jade and Larissa, who is our nutritionist. Um, so Future Foodie is a baby food, um, fresh organic baby food company um, that we started after our first daughter, Tallulah, was born. So I've got two daughters, Tallulah, who is currently um, just over two, she's actually two and four months, and then Coco, who is four and a half months old now. So we live in Auckland um, on the North Shore, and we run our company from here as well. Awesome. Amazing. And what was the journey like to pregnancy the first time around for you guys? Well. With Tallulah, um, how things worked out was at the time we were working in hospitality um, and having her actually changed our whole life path in such an amazing way. Um, I'd actually been on the pill for about 14 years and I just decided that like, just felt like things were a bit off with my body and I wanted to come off it and just kind of reset myself. Um, and then of course, before my period came back, I got pregnant as you do. Um, so it was <laughs> yeah. a bit of a surprise for me, but, um, a very welcome surprise. Um, so working in hospitality, we owned two restaurants at the time, um, which were seven day a week operations. So we were very, very busy, like working really hard, really career focused at that point and sort of knew that we wanted to have a family, but hadn't anticipated it being so soon. Um, so for us, it sort of brought about quite a few life changes. Um, we ended up buying our first house. Um, cause you know, you need to get your whole life sorted out once you find out you're having a baby. Um, <laughs> yeah. and also I kind of changed my role, um, in the business. Um, so I wasn't working so many nights. Um, I took on like a more of an admin role and, um, yeah, so I had quite, um, my pregnancy with Tallulah was fairly straightforward. I feel really lucky hearing, um, some other people's stories that I think I got off pretty lightly. I did have morning sickness for probably about a month. Um, but other than that, the pregnancy was straightforward. Like I actually really enjoyed being pregnant um, and carried her really quite easily. So I was quite grateful for that. Um, and then when 
she was born, that was the tricky thing for me. Um, yeah. My mum had always like instilled in me that birth is this amazing, like beautiful, holistic experience. And that's kind of the only thing I'd ever been told. And so I hadn't really questioned that. I just thought, wow, it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I hadn't actually even planned to birth at the hospital. I planned to birth at birth care. I was like, I'm going to have a water birth and we're going to have like music and candles. <laughs> we just had like this kind of <laughs> romantic vision of what it would be like, which was t- the total opposite. I had a midwife um, with Tallulah and I was coming up to, I think I was 39 weeks um, and went to my checkup and she sort of said, you know, how's the baby moving? Do you feel like everything's normal? And I said, look, I actually don't feel like she's moving as much as she was. Um, and she said, okay, look, well, sent me for a scan everything was looked fine so went back again the next week and at that point I was 40 and 5 40 weeks 5 days um sort of said the same thing look I do think her movements have slowed down but you know as a first time mum you just don't know and you kind of second guess yourself like oh maybe I'm just being paranoid because I'm overdue now and I want to get this baby out and I don't know um you know if I'm right in saying that but she said look we need to we'll go to the hospital We'll do the movement monitor check. We'll get a scan. Like you've told me this two weeks in a row, we need to be onto it. So, um, I was pleased to have some action anyway. So we went to the hospital, um, did the movement monitor checks. Everything looked fine. Had a scan. Everything looked fine. And then the doctor came back and said, look, I just like to do one more scan just to check. Did another scan. Then came in and said, no, actually your baby's not moving how we would expect in this scan, it's actually making me concerned about the situation. Um, and I think, you know, with the midwives and everybody, they try and keep in mind your birth plan, which they knew, you know, I didn't want to be in the hospital. I didn't want to be induced. Um, and they said, look, it's up to you. It's your decision, but we would recommend that you actually be induced right now and that this baby needs to come out today. So for me, it was quite, um, a big decision to make and quite, stressful because I hadn't even considered that you know yeah, I just yeah. thought your birth plan is how it will go and it absolutely wasn't so I made the decision that I would get induced I didn't you know want to put my baby at risk and I didn't sort of have any feelings that labor was happening anytime soon so I thought right okay let's do it um and I think I didn't really understand the induction process or have you know any preconceived idea of how that was going to go, which may have been a good thing. Um, but it took a really long time. Um, my labor with her ended up being 36 hours. And I remember, yeah, it was so long and so tiring. And I remember when I, I was induced, um, I said to my midwife, Oh, great. Like, I'll, I'll see you soon. You know, the baby will come tonight. And she's like, no, no, there won't be a baby tonight. (laughs) gonna yeah. be a while I was like oh okay all right so um you know they did it a few gels and basically it was just like a whole long night of just like moderate mild to moderate contractions um in the hospital with my partner and just managing that um which was fine like we we just got through it was just like one night of no sleep but it wasn't like overly painful um they just did a few stretch and sweeps which were quite painful um and then the next day just continued on and things were just moving really slowly. Um, they decided to break my waters at about um, three o'clock the next day. So I've been in labor for about 24 hours by then. 
Um, and once I did break my waters, then everything just ramped right up. The pain was just so intense instantly that I almost just can't even remember that time. Like I had to walk from my room down to the um, birthing suite. And I just remember just like falling down on the floor at the pain. Like it was just so intense. I yeah. just had, had never even felt anything like it or considered that how painful it would be. Um, got to the birthing suite and I was just begging for an um, epidural, even though my birth plan was no drugs. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> get me the epidural. Um, so yeah, they, they did, uh, you know, it took a little while to get that, but, um, then I was just basically in like this weird state of not feeling pain, but just waiting. Cause they said to me, like, you know, you think you can go on without it, but you know, you're probably going to be having contractions or you're going to be in labor for maybe about 10 more hours. And I was like, no way I can't do it. Put me into like this weird state of like not really feeling anything, but still, you know, watching the contractions go up and down on the monitor. Um, and then I started just getting really, really hot and like asking for more and more ice. So my husband was bringing more ice and I was like having as much ice as I could. And then this was really sick, like throwing it all up again. And, um, I just felt like things had gone on for so long that I was not really that aware or conscious of how things were playing out. But my, um, baby's heart rate was going up and my heart rate was going up and my temperature was going up. And luckily the, um, the register who was on came in and said, look, we're going to start monitoring her. Like, I don't think things are going right here. Um, and so basically they got me to a point and they said, okay, you can push now. So I tried to push for like an hour, but we didn't get anywhere. And um, things were just getting worse. And the baby was under, she was in a bit of distress and yeah, her heart rate was going up. And I just didn't really even realize what also was happening at the time um, or that I was so sick. Um, they said, okay, look, we need to get into theater. You're going to have a few chances to push. We'll try and get the baby out with the forceps. And then if not, we need to prepare that you might have to have a um, cesarean. So I signed all the forms and um, went into the theater and they did one pull, um, one contraction and pull with the forceps. Oh no, sorry. It was actually the Von Tuss that they used first and that actually broke or the pressure. Um, yeah, she had like a massive big, like open wound on the back of her head, which was so sad. And that basically like tore off heaps of the skin on the top of her head. Um, and then after that, they used the forceps and they said like, this is your last push. Otherwise we're going to have to do a cesarean and got her out that time. So I was so grateful for that. Um, so in the end, you know, we did have a, um, vaginal delivery, which is what I wanted. Like I'd be quite. I know I felt disappointed if I'd labored for that long and have a cesarean. So I was pleased yeah. about that. Um, and then when she came out, she was hot to the touch. She was bright purple, like struggle, struggling with breathing. So they basically took her away straight away, got her sorted out um, until she was okay and then brought her back and we got to have a cuddle. Um, and then it wasn't um, – you know, she had a feed and um, that feeding went well from the start and then went back. We got put in a hospital room for a few hours and then my husband had to go home. So he went home, like had, I don't know, one or two hours sleep and then came back. And then they, because I'd taken um, blood tests when she was born and they said, um, actually, we need to take her away again because there's actually something not right with her. 
Um, and at that time, like my epidural had worn off in, in the morning and I was just um, starting to feel effects of that. And I was just so tired and kind of not really still understanding what was going on. So he took her down to um, the NICU at the hospital and they um, worked out that she'd got pneumonia um, from yeah. a strep B, B infection. So, yeah, what they think, um, I mean, I'm not actually even too sure um, whether that was the, whether my placenta was infected before um, I gave birth and that's why I felt reduced fetal movements or whether it happened because they broke my waters and it was a long time before she was born, whether the infection yeah. then got in. Um, but basically it was a strep B infection and they do um, test you for that normally at 36 weeks of pregnancy, but I didn't get tested for it and I didn't know about that. So yeah, if I had mm, some okay. advice for anyone that's pregnant at the moment, just make sure you get tested. Um, Cause if you, it's really like common thing. And if you do have it, it just means that you need to get some antibiotics when you are in labor to avoid that happening. So it's quite, yeah. you know, a simple thing that, you know, you, you can do. And um, then with my second birth with Coco, I had the antibiotics and, you know, she was fine. And just like, one of these things that she was actually so sick from it that, and it could have been avoided. Um, and so we ended up having to stay in hospital for a week and she was on antibiotics, poor little thing, like every single day. It was just like a really yeah. rough start for her. Um, yeah. And also us, like we're really like a health conscious family. And so it wasn't really what I wanted for her, you know, to have to start her life on antibiotics. And it kind of in a way led to, um, our business with Future Foodie because we did everything we could to try and restore her gut health after that, um, you know, with probiotics and with good nutrition and um, good eating habits and all that. So, yeah, it sort of came from having a baby that had poor health to start her life with. But luckily she was quite um, you know, a robust little thing and she managed to bounce back from it and it's been a healthy child ever since. So it was just a little bit of a, a scare to start um, her journey. Yeah. And something that we never, you know, had considered or expected. I mean, yeah, as you yeah. as you don't when it's your first baby, you don't really you don't really know. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my my journey with my first baby Tallulah, but kind of been that bad because I did it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And how did you go um, recovering from birth? Obviously, you needed the forceps and everything like that. Um, how did you feel physically? Yeah. So I had a really um, difficult and long recovery with Tallulah as well I think because it all just was so traumatic um so I had um stitches after her birth and they just didn't they actually didn't heal properly um and it must have been about six months later and I was still feeling like it was still painful for me and I was just thinking like is this this normal that it still hurts six months later um I'd been to the doctor and they kind of said like look it, it will heal um and then after that amount of time, I was just like, no, this is, this can't be right. So yeah. I actually went yeah. to like, um, a, like a, um, woman specialist doctor and she said, no, what's actually happening is like the scar tissue is like regenerating on itself and it's just, and it isn't healing. So I actually then had to have like another small operation to cut off that scar tissue and like re stitch everything oh, up. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. After, after that. So my healing process took a long time and it just took me ages to feel back to my normal self after having her yeah. yeah and how did you go with um breastfeeding um breastfeeding actually went really well um luckily I've always 
had quite a good milk supply. Um, it's just, you know, breastfeeding is tricky because it's, you kind of just have to work out all these little things about it and work out how it works for you. Um, cause when I had Tallulah, I started like expressing, I think maybe after two or three weeks because I wanted my husband to be able to do one of the feeds, you know, so I could get a bit more sleep. Um, yeah. but that kind of actually mucked up my milk supply. Like I needed to probably wait until at least six weeks. Um, cause I was like making too much milk and because I was then expressing and making more and more and more, it was like, making her really like windy and it was like kind of almost choking her when she was feeding. And so I just um, actually went to a breastfeeding specialist and learned some ways to manage that, like to feed her lying down and um, to not express, you know, until my supply had got established properly. And I just um, like was quite careful um, with my diet. Like I cut out kind of like the gas forming vegetables and things to start with. And then I, worked out that dairy was something if I ate dairy it made her really windy and unhappy so I cut out dairy for a while and just little things like that um which then I knew this time around with Coco made things a whole lot easier but I think you just have to kind of work out you know what works for you and for your baby like I was grateful to have a good milk supply but it was almost like I had to manage it because it was so much ended up feeding her until she was about um actually until I got pregnant with Coco so until it would have been about um, 15 months so yeah breastfeeding ended up being a really positive experience for me yeah cool and how did you find adjusting to life as a newborn mom and bringing the, your baby home and, and making all of those adjustments uh, I, it was really tough but I think it is for all new mums because you just have no idea um what to expect really and on top of yeah you know it just changes your whole life you're, like you're recovering from a massive um, you know, a big labor or whatever it is, like, you, or an operation, like, you have to recover and you have to learn how to feed your baby and you have to look after them and wake up every couple of hours in the night. Like, the sleep deprivation was really tough. Um, and then for us, on top of all that, we were still running two businesses. So we kind of didn't catch a break. Like, I, my husband was working most nights of the week and I found that really hard because I almost felt like a single mum because he just wasn't here for that you know, bath time, bedtime, dinner time, yeah. when you just need like a bit of a hand. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was lucky to have like the support of my mom and my mother-in-law. They would often come around and help me with that. Um, but I think you just have to remember that it is it is hard, that everything is a stage and you do get through it. Um, and I think that's something I've kind of treasured this time with my second one is that you know, the first six weeks are so tough, but they go so quick. And then you sort of find your feet and you know what you're doing. And, um, yeah, I felt like the first time around, it was great to have the support of my antenatal group. Like, there was a whole lot of us going through the same thing. And so you could kind of, yeah. um, message other girls and we would try and catch up every week. And that was just really nice to feel like you're not the only one going through this. And, um, even if we couldn't catch up, we had a Facebook group so we can just message each other and, I think just to feel like you're not isolated and not alone is a really big thing and to be able yeah. to yeah find those people that can can support you and you know even to try and drag you out for a coffee when you don't feel like it like it's nice to to get out of the house even though it is a really tough thing to do when you've got a little baby <laughs> yeah yeah awesome and you mentioned that you 
were breastfeeding until you got pregnant the second time around. So did you get your period back when you were still breastfeeding or did you stop and then fall pregnant? Um, I got it back once. So I must just be super fertile because I got pregnant the next cycle. I'm going to be conscious of this time because I think two is good for me for now. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we're actually, um, we actually end up selling our businesses, um, when Tallulah was about one year old because I just found that that first year having my husband working every weekend, every night, like just wasn't, um, you know, good for our family lifestyle and the way that we wanted to live now that we had children. It just changed everything. Um, so we ended up selling our businesses and we went on a holiday. Um, we were actually camping when I found out that I was pregnant the second time around. Um, yeah, which was really exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I actually started feeling sick with Coco really early on. Like, because we were camping, we were away. Um, it was that time of year I didn't go to a doctor or anyone for a few weeks after I found out I was pregnant. So I was think, I thought I was like a lot further along than I was. Um, so I think I must have had morning sickness from when I was actually about four weeks pregnant. Um, and just really intense morning sickness. But luckily it didn't last for too long. It was probably only for about a month, about the same amount of time as I had with Tallulah. Um, yeah. So when I finally went to the doctor, I think they told me I was like five and a half weeks. And I was like, what? I'm sure I should be like eight or nine by now. I think I must have just <laughs> yeah. found out with Coco like really early. Um, I think one of the signs was that Tallulah actually wanted to stop breastfeeding at that time. I was only feeding her once a day anyway. Um, but she just all of a sudden one day decided, nope, that's it for me. I don't want your milk anymore. And I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. okay, good. Like I've, I've had enough as well. Like it's fine. And then found out like a week or two later, oh, I'm pregnant. Okay. That might be why. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 So my pregnancy with Coco and then actually was pretty easy um, as it was with Tallulah and quite a similar pregnancy. So I think I always kind of had a feeling that it might be another girl because, you know, they say like, I don't know, maybe it's a, di- a different, your pregnancy feels different or you might be sicker or something if having a, the opposite gender. Um, so yeah, we found out she was a girl. Um, and then for me, the second time around, I actually, um, got an obstetrician instead of a midwife just because I was quite, you know, anxious, um, and scared after my first experience that I just yeah. wanted to be well informed and have someone that was going to make decision if decision needs to be made. And this time I didn't go into it with any birth plan or perception of how it was going to be. I just said, look, I need my baby to be here safely. So we're just going to do this. However needs to be done. And if anything is going wrong in the labor, like I just want to get the baby out. Like I don't want to go through that same experience again, where it's dragging on. Yeah. And I don't feel empowered or informed about what's happening. Um, so yeah, I had an obstetrician, which I found really great because I just got really regular scans and that was really reassuring to me. Um, and I felt like everything, every box was checked and I was confident in the way things were progressing. Um, and at first I said, like, I don't want to get an induction because I was scared about what happened last time. But then I sort of came to terms with that and said, no, I'll, I'll do that if that's what needs to be done. Um, and I think because I'd always felt like I felt like they got my dates wrong because I felt like I was pregnant. I knew I was pregnant way earlier. Um, but that, but they didn't, but for some reason, you know, that made me think I was going to have her like early. So I yeah, thought I was going to yeah. have it like 
37 or 38 weeks, but she went to 41 weeks. So then I was, the last few weeks were really tough. I was like, she should be here by now. Like I'm planning for her to be here. And like the waiting is just really hard when you're, um, you know, feel like you could go into labor anytime. Um, yeah. And I said to my obstetrician, um, when I was just over 40 weeks, right. If we're going past 41, then I'm starting to get like nervous that something's going wrong again. Um, so we just basically, he said, look, just wait till next week, um, be 41 week and a half weeks and, um, we will induce you or, you know, make a decision then if we need to. Um, and then of course I went into labor that weekend just before. So I was actually really happy about that situation because, um, it meant we didn't need to mess with nature. And I think like underlying all that as well, I sort of just had this feeling like I didn't have confidence in my own body that I would go into labor naturally because I hadn't the first time. And then there was a problem and I just felt like, always felt like, did that problem happen because it was my fault? Like, does my body not know how to do this? You know, I just, I was just scared that I wouldn't know what to do. Um, yeah. And then, so the weekend that I went into labor with her, luckily my mum had taken Tallulah because, um, I was like worried if I go into labor in the middle of the night, what we do with her. The mum had taken her, um, and we actually went out for dinner for a friend's birthday because I was like, I've been waiting so long. Like, I don't know when she's coming. Let's just go out for dinner. Um, so we went and yeah. then got home, went to sleep. And then about one thirty in the morning, my waters broke. Um, and they told me when your waters break, go straight to the hospital because of what happened last time. We're going to give you antibiotics in the labor um, just to you know make sure there's not going to be a problem. So luckily we just like went straight there because on the way there, my contraction started. And then all of a sudden, by the time we got there, they were like about two minutes apart. Like it was progressing really fast. Um, and then got into the um, birthing suite and basically I just labored for about an hour and a half. Um, and then thing felt like things were getting really intense. And I, and I was saying, no, get me an epidural. And they were like, yeah, we can. Um, I don't think it's going to be too much longer. But I was, after the last time I was just like, you don't know, like just get me epidural. So I got, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got one, but um, I think it was probably by that point too late. Um, either it was too late or they'd just like not given me as much because they knew that they wanted me to be able to feel the sensation or be able to push. Um, yeah. So yeah, within like two hours of getting there, I was already pushing. They, um, and I was saying like, the epidural is not working not working no. no it's it's gonna cut she's coming now so just don't even worry just just feel it just feel it and then um for me it was actually that labor was such an amazing in hindsight like such an amazing experience and I really was actually quite grateful that the epidural didn't really work because I did have the feeling of being able to push and it was amazing because as painful as the contractions were when I started pushing I just don't remember feeling any pain at all. I just, yeah, it's like you, I, you just kind of just go in, into your own mind and you just don't feel anything. And then they were guiding me through pushing her. And I think it was about three pushes and she was here. And I just feel like it was like probably the best experience of my life was birthing her in contrast to like yeah. probably the worst, which was birthing to Lula. Yeah. So I had yeah. like very varying labors, but, it was just such a like empowering experience to be able to actually feel that and to push her and just to 
for me, it's that sense of an achievement to know, like, I did it and I did it all by myself. I didn't, you know, need to be induced and I didn't, um, need any inter- interference. Like, here she was and she was healthy and beautiful. And yeah, it was just, it was amazing for me. I was really grateful to have yeah. that experience after my first time. Yeah. Yeah. Such a contrast and really nice yeah. for you to gain that confidence back as well. It was. Yeah. It definitely was. Yeah. Awesome. And how long did you stay in the hospital for after that? Um, so after that, I just stayed in for one night. My husband was like, Oh, great. Like, here's the baby. Cause my whole labor was only three hours. So it was quite weird. Like, yeah. It was like we, and over that time was the daylight savings changeover too. So we're looking at the clock and we're like, how long was that? Oh, was it four uh. hours? No, actually it was, it was only, we've only been in the hospital for two and a half hours and then she was here and he's like, great. Oh, well, I suppose we can go home now. And I was like, hang on, I don't want to go home just yet. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. A two year old. And I was like, I think I just want to spend a night in the hospital just to, you know, establish feeding with her and just to not have to rush off anywhere. So it was, it was nice because I had that night just with Coco and, get to know her and um get used to feeding again and then I went home the next morning so um it was a lot easier um taking home baby the second time because you kind of feel like you know what to do and um you know the first yeah. time you feel like you're out on the world all by yourself and you know the midwives <laughs> have left and, and like should you be here with this baby but the second time you have you have the confidence to know what you're doing yeah yeah and how did she go with latching on yeah, she was great as well. She's been yeah, a dream little feeder. Been really um easy for me breastfeeding her, which I'm really grateful for. Yeah. And was your physical recovery easier the second time around? Oh, amazing. Like I was going yeah. out for a walk with the two kids of the pram like two days later and I was fine. Like I yeah. I don't even think I could hardly feel any pain to recover. Like just physically just seemed to bounce back. And I think like if you have a difficult labor and maybe it is just with first babies as well, but like it, that recovery, it really takes it out of you for a long time. Like I think I didn't really feel my energy back for probably about a year after having to live. Whereas with Coco, like I've just bounced back so easily, you know, and I'm yeah. just juggling her and Tallulah and work and like still waking up as many times in the night as I did with Tallulah. But for some reason, like I just don't feel tired like I did then. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's really um, a different experience. And yeah, it's definitely for some reason just a lot easier. Yeah. And how have you found it adjusting to life with two young babies and, and sort of juggling that being a newborn mum, but as well looking after a two year old? Yeah, I think that is um the challenge because two is also a very challenging age. Um yeah. so some like sometimes I joke like that my baby's easier than my two year old. Um because like I feel like second baby, you kind of know what you're doing, but I've never parented a two-year-old before. So that's the juggle. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Neither of them can wait for anything because they don't understand. Just wait, like yeah. I'll get it for you soon. Um, so my midwife gave me some good advice and she said, actually the baby will wait for a minute. You know, if your two-year-old needs something, get it for her, make sure she's happy. And then, you know, go and do your feed or whatever you need to do. Um, Cause if you've then got, if you don't look after your two-year-old and she's screaming, having a tantrum, then, you know, you've got two difficult ones to juggle. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it has definitely been a juggling act. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to, you know, an, a little, an easier time, but also I'm just 
trying to treasure these moments with Coco because she may well be my last baby. And I just know from Tallulah, like it just goes so quickly. I'm just trying to enjoy, like, I don't even mind so much waking up in the night because, yeah, I know it's not forever. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still breastfeeding at the moment, are you? Yeah, I'm still breastfeeding her. Yeah. Just do what works for you. Like, don't worry about what other people say. Um, you know, you know your baby and you know your family and whatever works for your situation. Um, but if you are struggling with anything, I always found it really good to seek expert advice. Like I went to a breastfeeding consultant and then we used a sleep consultant um, with Tabula when I was really struggling and really tired with her sleep. Um, so just re- you know, reach out if you, if you need help. There are people out there that, that have been through this you know, so many times before and, and can give you advice. And if pe- you know, lots of people offer to help when you have a baby and take their help, you know, get them to come around and take yeah. the baby for a walk so you can have a nap or drop off meals or just don't feel bad about accepting that help because, you know, it is a juggle and it's it's so tiring and you just can't do everything yourself. So if you're lucky enough yeah. to have friends and family around, you know, just be grateful for that and you can return the favour and, another time (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah awesome cool well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today Annalise I really appreciate it and I think you've got a great story that other mums will enjoy listening to so thank you oh thank you it was a pleasure thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast I really hope you enjoyed it I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.